Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, good morning. <clears throat> Today is the 10th of December, 2018, Monday, and my name is Reggie. If you are on Facebook, you are watching me live on two groups, Haitian Free Thinkers, um, the group, and now I'm live on the Haitian Broadcasters. Uh, I've been doing a combination of Facebook Live and the regular show on Block Talk Radio for a couple of weeks. So I'm I'm pairing it down to just just two groups today. And, uh, yeah, so it should be a really, really good show. Uh, Yeah, so we are part of the Haitian Free Thinkers. I am part of the Haitian Free Thinkers um, group. I'm actually the founder of the Haitian Free Thinkers and if you don't know what that is, basically, Haitian Free Thinkers was founded in 2012, January 12, 2012, um, in order to meet the need for uh, Haitian secular people. That means that if you're an atheist like myself, if you're an agnostic, if you are a free thinker, if you're not religious, if you don't believe in God, whatever you title yourself, as, as long as you're not the prototypical a believing person, you probably should check us out and you're Haitian, <clears throat> then we are here for you. I've been doing this show for a couple of years now and um <clears throat> it's going good. Going really good. Um so this is like my third week doing the uh, Facebook Live combination, trying to see, you know, how that works out because having a video component I think is a is a really good element, especially if since, you know, it's free. So, um, a little bit more about us, guys. Uh, I do this show now Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Eastern. So, if you want to tune in and give us a call, which the call-in call number is 
Feel free to do so, and I'll be looking out for that. Yeah, so if you want to join the group, the group is on Facebook. Just look for Haitian Free Thinkers, send a request. I will write you back and see if it's a good match. In the past, some of the people that got into the Haitian Free Thinkers probably got in because of the word Haitian, and um, they may not have understood you know, what we're about. But no, ever since then, we've done a really good job of getting in quality um, people in our group. Um, since October, we've had an up spike of probably like anywhere between, I would say, seven to 12 new um, atheist friends who most of them are Haitian. Not everybody's Haitian. So the group is not just Haitians. We have Bahamians. We have Jamaicans, you know, but, you know, it's focused on the Haitian crowd because we are underserved in that in that aspect. So December 10th, 2018, um, just about two weeks in to the last month of the year, which means the war on Christmas is either starting or is about to start. Guys, if you could tell me who won last year's War on Christmas, I would really appreciate it because every year it's going to happen. I haven't seen anything from Josh Fuhrenstein in a minute, but you better believe he's going to go to a Starbucks and, and cause some problems and, you know, you know, make himself a, a victim as he usually does. But that's okay. I think Starbucks should be ready this year for him and other people like him um, who insists on making December 25 about somebody by the name of Jesus Christ, which if you know, like I know, that person was not born. On December 25th, it's a pagan holiday, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about that. I'm just giving you a little bit of facts. So, If you wish to call in, once again, the guest calling number is 657-383-1619. The usual announcements will be that, you know, we're on Facebook. We're on all on all the major social media platforms that you could think of. We are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. That's to make more stuff for YouTube. Now, on YouTube, I'm trying to make more Creole language stuff so that <clears throat> we can discuss things and people can have something that's shareable video and audio-wise to their friends, families, and religious, you know, counterparts, coworkers, whatever, to show that there are crazy Haitians out there who don't believe in God. They're not religious, and they're okay. They're regular people. We're regular people, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to say what's up to Rosaline who's watching. Thank you for joining. It's been a while. Hopefully everything is okay. And, yeah, so uh, we're on all the major platforms. So if you want to reach out to us, we'll we'll communicate. You know, I'm trying to line up some interviews coming up for the new year. Um, it's kind of wet outside, rainy. There's a cold storm passing through down in my local area. And so wherever you are, you know, let me know what the temperature is like because uh, I miss South Florida. 
I was raised in the Miami area, which is why I have my Dolphins jersey on. By the way, shout out to the Dolphins. Uh, yesterday they beat the Patriots in a awesome, awesome game. Um, an instant classic. Um, it already has a name because it was in Miami, not really, but um, because in, it was it was in Miami, they called it the Miami Miracle because you know of the way we won. So if you saw that game, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I'm rocking my jersey. Shout out to the Dolphins. I'm really happy for them. It's going to be a tough end of the season. We have to win all of our games in order to have a hope of making it to the playoffs, and uh, we've done it before. So. Man, I guess all odds, man. We just gotta keep trucking, and 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 it's gonna be tough. But I think uh, it's gonna be a fantastic finish. Hopefully, we stay healthy and uh, have a great, great rest of the rest of the season. So today's the first time I'm um, doing my Facebook Live on Haitian broadcasters, and I chose to do Haitian broadcasters today, guys, along with the Haitian free thinkers, because that's that's a uh, platform that I've seen like some, shall we say, religious religious catered stuff on there. Uh, I've seen uh, Hebrew Israelite stuff. I've seen various Protestant, Christian, Haitian um, people coming on to like uh, talk about whatever they talk about. So I think I, sh- I should be their first Haitian who's who's a non-believer. So guys, if you get to see this video after the fact, uh, leave some comments. You probably have some questions. Um, concerns, whatever, I will address them as best as I can whenever I get I see them. So I would appreciate your feedback, criticism. It's it's all good. Maybe you don't like the Dolphins. Um, maybe you are a Patriots fan and you're not happy with the results, whatever. Maybe what, you want to know where morality comes from. Maybe you want to ask me about how can I look at nature and I believe there's a uh, believer, uh, I mean a God, or whatnot. So that is all good and dandy. I hear that all the time. Don't be afraid to ask. And if you're watching now, you actually want to talk to me. The lines are open. So normally when I come on, I schedule the show for about an hour. I kind of feel out the flow. If there's somebody that that calls, I'll definitely call them and uh, I may talk to them. But if not, then uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll give you no less than 30 minutes. And uh, if you are unable to watch the show live for whatever reason, uh, you can catch the show, past episodes, on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Stitcher Radio, on Google Podcasts, and, uh, yeah, just Google Haitian Freethinkers Radio Show. You should be able to find old episodes, and hopefully you can join me next time. Now, normally in the past I've had a co-host, James, and James is back at it. He had to um, figure out his scheduling so that we can get back on the same page. So there's a slight possibility that the showtime might get modified. But as of now, Sunday mornings at 11 is really good for everybody. Uh, I know you guys are at school, at work, doing chores, taking care of yourself. But uh, that gives you a heads up. when, whenever, if there is going to be a change, I'll let you guys know. So just be on the lookout for that. Probably on Facebook, which is where we do most of our communication. But um, Instagram, Instagram is a great place to go. The Haitian Fingers Instagram is a great place to go in order to get information. 
So the phone number, Shelton, is, the call-in is 657-383-1619. Once again, that's 657-383-1619. That is the phone number to call if you wish to talk. I'll type it in for you, to Shelton. But, uh, yeah, so today is the 10th of December. And what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is the book of Job. So what I have here is the Bible that I read. There it is for the Asian bloggers website. This is the Bible, if you can see it, guys, that I had with me when I was deployed in Iraq. It is well-worn. Pages are falling out. Um... And this, this, this book is, means a lot to me because this, this book is easy to read. Um, I really like its candor. I think it was made for like a middle schooler, a young person. You know, the way that it comes off uh, as far as how they give you the, uh, you know, and, and before every book, it kind of gives you um, a preview. It gives you characters to look forward to meeting it kind of tries to shape your your perspective in a way to prepare you for what you're about to read. And if the publishers were hoping to make people believers, for me it didn't work because, I mean, yeah, they could give me their opinion, but I would go on to read the book. And in the case of Job, that didn't work. I mean, this book, there's a lot of bad stories in the Bible, okay? A lot of bad stories in the Bible. But I think Job is one of the stories that is one of the worst, if not the worst, because it shows that no matter how good you are, no matter if you do everything that Yahweh requires of you, and more, there's a chance, there's a really good chance that your life will be crap. And not only there is no security in doing the right thing, the reason why your life might be crap might be because of Yahweh. Guys, that is a horrible message to send. There are people out there that are suffering really badly. When I say suffering, really suffering. Let me give you some things, some real-life things that are going on that I know about. Right now, a lot of Haitians are you know, are going to the country of Chile in South America in order to make a better life. They are going over there also as a probably an inter, intermediary nation state to hope for citizenship in order to probably apply to go to the United States or Canada or France or whatever. Things are in Haiti, things in Haiti are, are, are not good at this moment. Um, I wish I, I could say otherwise, but, you know, everybody's asking about the, the, the money that was, that is missing from the petrol Caribbean deal with the, um, the government officials taking the money and to me, it's a, such a strange thing because I figured that, you know, whenever there's a deal like that between the two governments, people will sign paperwork 
legal paperwork to like show a paper trail. And not only that, but when Venezuela gave the deal to Haiti, you know, I'm sure that they gave the oil under the pretense of having good structured paperwork on their side so that they can say so-and-so signed for it and this is what they said they was going to do to it and here are the names that are attached to the deal, no matter if the government changed or not. (coughs) So that's very strange to me. Right now, Venezuela themselves is going through a hard time. So if the deal is still on, I think it will stop if it hasn't stopped already. But I say all this to say that both nations are affected by this situation. Haiti is affected by the people, the government officials stealing the money. Venezuela is not doing good. There's high inflation. Um, I saw a, a little documentary on Vice, I believe it was, of Venezuelan people flooding to into Colombia, and um, kind of like the caravan that we've seen recently with South South and Central Americans going up trying to get to the United States. But I say all this to say that there are people out there that have very, very terrible situations that they're in. Um, And, um, you know, maybe not exactly what happened to Joe, but, I mean, really bad situations. There's a lady from South Florida who went to vacation to Costa Rica, and she was staying staying at an Airbnb, and now she's dead. The, her brother was on the news, and uh, she was celebrating her birthday, I think. And now they have the the um, security guard in custody for possibly being the suspect. Well, she, he's the suspect, but for possibly murdering her for whatever reason. I don't know. She, she was found in a shallow grave near this, uh, what she was staying at. I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? Horrible problems. You know, horrible, horrible problems. It doesn't matter if you live in in the United States. France right now, I think there's been like four or five days of of protests. The French supposedly love to protest, but you see the French acting crazy. Um, A couple of years ago, they were acting uh, really badly over, like it was like a racial thing. But now it's about, you know, attacks on gas, probably in response to the um, climate, um, you know, the climate changes, and uh, they're, they're upset about the, uh, the, you know, situation there, and they're really against President Macron and, and this, that, whatever. So problems there. Problem in France, a big country, you know, a country that, you know, got money and all that prestige, but they're, they're having issues over there. So if you can imagine Haiti, you can imagine um, some of the places that most of us think of as uh, having issues, uh, problems within my family, problems, I have problems, I'm sure you have issues. So, you know, when as we deal with our issues, if there was a God, you would hope that, you know, the gods are not offering you up as some sort of a contest, a, a test. But that is exactly what happened in the story of Job. How can a person who knows about the story of Job be a believer in Yahweh? I don't know. I'm asking that question honestly. If you are watching or you listen to and you are unable to give that answer live, 
which you can by calling 657-383-1619. You can go ahead and call me on the Google voice line that we've set up for Haitian free thinkers. And that number is 678-820-9474. Once again, that's 678-820-9474. So I want to, I want to give you some of the highlights of the book. Some people have heard of it. Some people probably have never read it, but there's a guy named Job who lives in a land called Uz, U-Z, like Uzi, U-Z, which I think is the same place where Abraham came from, Abram, before he changed his name, came from, which today might be south, southern Iraq, Kuwait area, right? So he's a Middle Eastern guy. You know, he's not white, and he's not African, Middle Eastern. So he has a large family, I think seven, seven sons, three daughters, one wife that's named. He has lots of wealth for what they consider wealth in that time and place. That is to say he has, you know, camels, donkeys, livestock. You know, so he respects and worships God, which is weird because Job, if, you know, I want to read to you what this book says about Job, but Job was not a Jew, if I remember correctly. Job was never, definitely not a Christian. Job was not a Muslim. So all my Muslim people out there, not a Muslim. Um, Job probably didn't even exist, but I mean that's that's a whole. What's in it's it's um, part of the discussion, but not know people believe that this is a true story, but Job probably didn't did not exist. Well, at least I should say there is no evidence to show that he exists. How about that? So, but it's the messages of the story. So anyway, so Job is basically described as perfect. So that's one of the things that most people don't talk about that who are familiar with the story. People say that, um, well, when I grew up, I also speak, speak for myself. People, people used to tell me that there's nobody that's perfect. Job was perfect. It says so in the story. Um, it described him as being upright, blameless. Job chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of Uz, where li there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. So um, blameless and upright is, has been translated to mean perfect, basically. Because, um, you know, the Bible has different translations, etc. What's up, Russell? I see you there. I'll give you a wave. So he's perfect. So that's a problem because a lot of times people say that, you know, Nobody's perfect. Well, Job was perfect. Um, people say that you cannot follow Old Testament laws to the T because it was so difficult and basically it was set up for, to, for humans to fail or, to be honest, for the Jews or the Hebrews to fail. Well, Job, not being a Hebrew, somehow was still following Yahweh's laws somehow. But anyway, he got it right, so he was perfect. His business was going good. He had a lot of sons, which is uh, another status symbol. Had three daughters, which, you know, females are not important like males are. He had slaves, according to something I read, or people working for them, servants, in air quotes. Uh, he had a wife. You know, he, he, he had it going on. You know, he was like, he was the man. Then there's a test. One day Yahweh is 
having a meeting and it says that angels, including Satan, comes and present themselves before Yahweh and then Yahweh asks Satan, who maybe he was running late to the meeting, but where where it says here, where have you come from? The problem with that is Yahweh is supposed to be omnipresent, right? He knows he knows he's everywhere at once, um, and he's omniscient, I should say. He knows everything. So what, why is Yahweh asking uh, Satan where um, where he was? And then Satan said that he was roaming back and forth through the earth, whatever. How does Satan roam back and forth through the earth? Nobody notices. That's a, that's a question. But I, I, one the thing I want everybody to take away with from this is that eventually it talks about how how Yahweh or Jesus, if you're a Trinitarian, offers uh, Job as a sort of test. It says starts in um, chapter one, verse eight. It says, "Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright." a man who fears God and shuns evil. And then Satan replies, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that this, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land, but stretch your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. So, this is a bet that Yahweh, who is Jesus' daddy and Jesus at the same time, plus somebody else, offers Job as a test to Satan. And then Satan says, he's only basically worshiping, well, you're protecting him with a hedge. This is like farmer talk. You know, these people are farmers. These are the people that are writing this. Um but 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 Yahweh is protecting um, Job, and basically Satan said, "Yeah, of course he's worshiping you. He has all this stuff. So if you take it away, then he's going to curse you to your face." Now let me ask. There's so many questions. But why would Satan take on this bet if he knows that Yahweh is is omniscient? He knows everything. He's all powerful. Why are you taking the bet? What are the what what would happen? What would happen if Yahweh lost the bet? They don't say. And this is my 2018 version uh, bet to people who believe in not only Yahweh but Allah and all the different versions, Jesus, whatever. I thought about this years ago. My up my updated challenge to you guys is this. If you were to find out, if you believe in God and you were to find out that you're not going to go to heaven, uh, you're going to go to hell, uh, whatever version of hell that you believe in, if you do believe in hell, if you're not going to get a a reward after the fact, if you're going to get some sort of punishment, although you don't deserve it or although you do deserve it, but let's say you don't deserve it, right, would you continue to worship your God? 
That is to say, it's not like Job exactly. Let's say you knew for a fact that you were going to go to hell no matter what. No matter what. You can't repent. You can't do nothing. You're going to go to you're going to go to hell at the pleasure of your God. Would you continue to worship him? And I think the answer is no. And you would be wise not to, to worship your God if, 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 you're going to, if you're guaranteed to go to hell because what is the point? I think that demonstrates the real reason why, well, one of the real reasons why people are even in the God business is because they're looking for a reward at the end of the rainbow. We are, we are, you know, we, as human beings, most of us seek pleasure. We try to avoid pain. We don't really care for the whims of the gods. You know, they're going to do whatever, whatever they want to do. For Job to be perfect and still suffer the way that he did is a real blow to the security of, of the believers. So, for example, if a Jehovah Witness were to come into my, my door, which they've done before, I'll, I could ask him, I say, hey, you know, why should I follow Jehovah when he's known to put people to the test like he did for, for Job? I think that's messed up. I think it's terrible. I don't want to have anything to do with that person. Um, the middle of the book, well, I'll tell you what happens if you're not familiar. So Yahweh grants the Satan, which, by the way, is not the same thing as the Christian devil. That's another thing that I've learned since I was a Christian. Satan in the Hebrew mythology is not the same thing as the Christian devil. Okay? Satan is a regular angel. He works for Yahweh. Uh, the, 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 the Satan is like an adversary. It literally means the words Shaitan or Hasatan, if you want to get into the, the looking granny, just means an adversary. So anybody who's uh, going against you is like a, a Satan, if you will. That's neither here nor there. But this angel named Satan, who is not the Christian devil, then gets permission to start doing harm to Job. Um, uh, his kids get killed. Um, his wife gets frustrated with him because I think she suspects, for whatever reason, that Yahweh has something to do with it. And how does she know but Job doesn't know? And that's a really interesting thing, really interesting. And if his wife, who's not named, suspected that Yahweh was not protecting her husband, maybe she should have took the foreskin of one of her children and rubbed it on Job's ankle because apparently there's blood magic in little kids' foreskin. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't read, I think it's Exodus, the story of Moses, Okay. Yahweh is a bloodthirsty, unstable maniac who tried to kill Moses for no reason. And for some reason, Zipporah saved his life by taking a knife. She had the knowledge to chop off the end of her child's penis and then threw it or rubbed it on his ankle. And that stopped Yahweh from murdering Moses. So just for what it's worth, 
um, just keep a bag of parts around you and you might be safe. But anyway, so the wife tells Job to curse Yahweh and be done with it. But of course, Job doesn't do that. He curses the day he was born. Uh, he becomes sick. He develops boils, etc., etc. Um, he has some homeboys that come and see him. At first, they feel sorry for him. And then they start to reason that maybe there is something that Job did that caused them to become sick because, after all, God is just. No, God is not just. No, God is not just. No, God is not just. God is crazy. He will literally kill you. He will kill you. There's no one more evil um, in the Bible than Yahweh. No one. Okay? So Satan doesn't do anything uh, on his own will. He's licensed only through Yahweh. Anyway, so you read, I read this book, and I'm looking, and actually, oh, my God, it's such a terrible book. It's like a drama, like one of those court dramas. Uh, not really court drama, but just a drama, and, you know, you want this thing to be over. And, you know, I want to get to the conclusion uh, as basically Job asked for his day in court to find out what happened, you know, because Yahweh doesn't really communicate with him until the end. And when Yahweh does communicate with uh, Job, you know what that PPP says to Job? He basically tells Job, like, like, do you know how things are made? Do you know how, like, big and bad I am? Do you understand how this works, whatever? Basically, he tries to punk Job for even thinking about asking questions, wanting to know what happened to him. Why is he going through the ordeal? But <clears throat> the takeaway from the end, um, the payoff doesn't come as far as Yahweh saying, like, listen, I I put you to the test because I had such faith in you. I killed, I had your I had your sons and daughters killed. Um, I had your slaves, I believe his slaves were killed or they ran away. Um, all his, he, he lost his livestock. Everything he, he had just went away. And I did it. I know it sucked, but I made you better. And, you know, he got some new kids at the end. So he, you know, he started having a lot of old man sex with his old, probably old wife or a slave, who knows. But um, he got new kids, not the old ones. It doesn't say that he, the, the old kids were resurrected. He got new kids. He got new lab, lab, livestock. I think everything was doubled. Um and as a way to say, yeah, you did a good job. You stood your ground. I know, I know you bitched a little bit, but damn it, you a G. You good. He never, Yahweh never tells Job this. So that's basically how the book ends. It's hor- it's a horrible story. I remember reading um, somewhere in the in the book law, the books of Moses supposedly when um, they were in the the wilderness or whatever. There was somewhere it says that, you know, that if you do the right thing, uh, Yahweh would, would protect you from disease. And I, I highlighted this in my Bible. And the st- story of Job shows you that that was a complete lie. Job did everything that he was supposed to do, and he still suffered disease and a lot more. So it would be one thing if uh, Satan 
was the aggressor, Satan um, was the troublemaker, but Yahweh is the one that offered Job to Satan. And that's something that a lot of people, uh, well, growing up, you know, when they talked about Job, they said that it was actually Satan who was the instigator when really it was Yahweh. So it's a horrible, horrible story. And not many people look at it for what it is, which is it's a horrible story. You have no guarantee Yahweh is evil. He does bad to you. If you're suffering, Yahweh is basically the cause because he's the the creator of everything. He's the maintainer of everything. He's responsible for everything. Therefore, he's the reason why you're suffering. Yahweh is the reason why Donald Trump is in office. Yahweh is the reason why people are leaving their homes in droves um, to go try to get to the United States. Yahweh is the reason why that lady from Miami got killed. He is responsible for every single thing. Um, Satan is just a scapegoat. Literally, the term scapegoat is a thing that, you know, people use from the Bible because the Jews had a superstitious idea. But anyway, uh, so so Satan doesn't go around just doing bad stuff and Yahweh constantly has to chase him and, and then making things right and there's a contest between Satan and Yahweh to see who can get the most people to follow them. No, it's Yahweh doing everything. It's Yahweh doing this, Yahweh doing that. So also, uh, if you read the book, you'll notice that the book is in second person or third person. Um, It's talking about Job. It's not Job who wrote the book. Nobody named Job wrote the book. In fact, if I remember correctly, nobody knows who wrote the book. Uh, So, that's one of the things that I remember learning about this. In the preview of the book, I'm looking at it right now. I was going to read it, but I don't want to go through all that right now. Uh, if I remember correctly, it, it says that they don't know who wrote the book. Okay, um, they are, I think from this um, preview, this prologue, it also talked about how um, Job is not a Hebrew. They don't know. I think this book is actually a lot older than some of the supposed characters in the book. So they're just um, in, in the other parts of the book, like Genesis, Moses, and all that. So they don't even know who this person is, where they picked up this, you know, the story. Basically, it's something that's made up. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the Bible is just made up, adapted, whatever, copy, whatever you want to say. But when the people were putting this Bible together, why did they think that was a good thing? You know, and this is where you believe this come in. If you ever get a chance to hear this uh, podcast, why, why do people think that's a good story? It's a horrible story. I think it's a terrible story. It's a terrible message. You know, some people are really trying their best to follow what they believe is what God wants them to do. They're doing their best in the face of, you know, tremendous obstacles, you know. So if you're doing your best to follow Yahweh, um, if that's the guy that you worship or Allah or, or, you know, many of the other gods, whatever. It doesn't really matter. If you find out that your God is is the one that's causing issues, I mean, why would you follow that person? You know, at least in the case of the Bible, it's recorded in the same book that's supposed to be the word of Yahweh or the word of Jesus or the word of God, that he is the one that caused harm to Job. He is the one. And if you don't believe that he is the one, you can read other stories that show you that Yahweh kills people. 
He harms people. He drowns people. He burns people. He commands them to be cut, stabbed, just just horrible, horrible things. Horrible. So this has been my um, treatise on the book of Job. Uh, there's a lot more, you know, people can say about it, but I'm just one guy talking on a on a Monday morning. Um, so yeah, so the lines are open. Uh, if you want to give me your perspective on the on what I said, if you disagree with me, I'd like to hear it. So the guest calling number is six five seven three eight three one six one nine. Once again, that's six five seven three eight three one six one nine. Yeah, and you can call in. So I'm going to play this uh, little intro by our friend Ruth. Hi, this is Ruth. You're listening to the Haitian Freethinkers Radio Show. So Ruth is in Kenya. Uh, love love my friends down in Kenya. Hopefully one day I get a chance to, to say hi and uh, meet you guys in person. We have members in uh, Montreal such as Guy, and he Ici Guy Renault, et vous écoutez Haitian Free Thinkers Radio Show avec Reggie Beloved. All right. And shout out to Nikki, who's in Germany, and uh, she was kind enough to do this intro for me. Hello, here's Nikki. You heard gerade dem Haitianischen Freidenkern Radio zu. Ah, so the 215 is in the building. I think I know who it is. 215, you are on. How are you doing? Reggie, how you doing? It's Shelton. How's it going? Good, Shelton. How's it How's it going on this cold, cold uh, fall day? Well, man, you know, up, up north, yeah, I'm in Philadelphia, man, and it's uh, <laughs> it's the usual thing. So cold for... Uh, uh, for down south is, you know, something totally different. I lived in uh, Florida for about eight years, so uh, whenever people mm. said that they were cold and it was 60 degrees, I just laughed at them, you know, <laughs> or 50 degrees. I'm like, that's not really cold, you know, but, you know, everything's good up here, brother. Good, good, good. Um, so was I correct with the uh, assumption that you are an Eagles fan? Of course. Yeah, I'm born and raised here in Philly. All I know is, uh, you know, as a young man, y'all, I went to the games, the Phillies, the Sixers, and Eagles, so I'm like a hometown guy. Um, but I'm not like a super fan. You know, I, mean, I don't have any jerseys or anything like that. But, you know, I want my home team to win. Uh, but Dallas is, you know, there's a uh, there's bitterness between, the, you know, they're like arch rivals, Dallas, uh, for the Eagles. Uh, as with Boston Celtics and and uh, 76ers, so um, that's the worst team to 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 lose to. But twice this year they lost. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I thank you for calling today. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm talking about the story of Job, something that I yeah. think you're probably familiar with. Um, yes. So, what, what do you think? That, what do you think about the the story of Job? Well, you know, um, I, I still have in my doubts uh, 
and things didn't add up to me with, at the age of about 12 years old. I started just thinking about things that just didn't make sense. And uh, the one thing I'd say, the takeaway I got from that story is like, wow, his whole family was wiped out. Like, you know, I'm like, come on, like, you know, could there have been another test that didn't involve uh, your whole family dying and then you getting, like, as close to death in the worst way possible? It wasn't like, you know, you had a day where you, you know, Job was just not feeling well and, you know, he he could have taken, you know, he had needed to take some extra strength Tylenol or something like that to make it through the day. I mean, he was he was given, like, the most horrible suffering you know, the, the imaginable. I mean, the only other thing was to put him to death. That was the, the, you know, he's got as close to death as possible in the worst possible way. So that story never, it never made sense to me. And I, I used to wonder, like, wow, that, that, that's a good story. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if it was like, you know, he just said at the end, you know, ha ha ha, you know, your family's coming back. You know, everything that you supposedly lost. You know, I'm just tricking you, just testing you, but here's your old family back, your sons and your wealth and everything like that. You know, you held out. You were a trooper. You did good, so here's everything back. Okay, I could go with that, but not, okay, yeah, we're going to give you a whole new family, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, that story just, you know, if you really take the time and, and, and think about it, it's, it's horrible. It's a It's a horrible lesson uh to learn about the character of the god that that is uh there you know um so we have these stories and you know if you if you're brainwashed in religion you know you're you're made to think that they um they show some some positive quality about being a believer but it's really savage like it's like this the story of abraham uh uh, about to slaughter his son um, to to please uh, Yahweh slash Elohim L, uh, L whatever, um, but that's horrible. You know, I'm going to push you to a point to where you have to kill your child to prove to me that you believe it. That, that's a horrible. You know, why would someone do that if they're so powerful? Where they get to snap their finger and say you don't you believe in me? Uh, you don't have to go through anything. You believe because I've made you believe. You know. So, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the 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 character Yahweh was omniscient at one point. I think it was. Um, it became. It evolved to become something that knows everything at once because of these tests. So, if that was the case, why? I, I struggle to find out why does anybody think that there's good in any of these stories? Like what? How, why do people think it's good? I think out of it has to be out of uh it has to be out of uh out of brainwashing because there's no there's no it's this fear and I, I would say my you know from based on my upbringing everything was based on fear. So actually to have this discussion was <laughs> to even think about having this discussion would be considered something really bad to actually think about um, or to judge this character. You're, you're not, you're a mere human being and you're not worthy uh, to sit in judgment of 
of this of this God that's in this book. So you can't even critically analyze um, the character. That in itself would be a quote unquote uh, grievous sin to even question that uh, that uh, you know the, the character of this this God. Um, you know, based on my research, I, I just found that it's you know it, it's it. it, it it had to be something written, conceived by a very primitive mind who didn't even think past the fact that they just wrote it in a book and the ignorant people would believe it, you know, because no one with any kind of critical thinking skills would could stop and say, they'll stop and say, you know what, that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. And I think that's one reason that people just throw away the Old Testament because they, they cannot justify the things that, uh, and the stories that are written there. So they just say, well, you know what, we can't even, I don't even want to deal with it. That's the old, I mean, they lump it into the category of being the Old Testament that was fulfilled. We don't have to deal with it because, you know, it's the New Testament that's relevant to um, to the times that we are. And I don't know, I mean, it makes the people that believe in the stuff, the Hebrew Israelites and, and with their various forms, it makes them defend very barbaric uh and, and, and primitive ways of thinking. I mean, they they will sit there and tell you, yeah, well, he did it. Or they'll tell you, yeah, well, you know, we're supposed to have slaves and do this, that, and other thing because they have to justify it if they believe in, the, if they believe in those stories. So um, brainwashing is, is, is the reason why they're able to accept it. Um, if a person, if, if you know, if if let's say someone accused me of being brainwashed, or if we use that term, um, how, how, can a person who's brainwashed self-identify that they are brainwashed and self-medicate, if you will, get them out of that state? You know what I'm saying? I think that it, if you have a discussion with someone and um, they're brought to, which I mean, I don't think this happens in one sitting. I don't know, you know, it's maybe something that that sparks um, them to reconsider the foundations of their beliefs. Um, but I, I could say for me that one of the first things that I considered myself to be brainwashed, uh, and I had questions that I was scared to ask. I had things that I just, you know, was just very fearful to even entertain until I was much older, almost 30 years old. And um, I got to say the thing that they, the, the, the thing that cracked my foundation was when I was actually getting more into religion, I uh, met a person that was actually more into the Hebrew Israelite orbit and who did not believe in the New Testament. And he just introduced, he just gave me a verse and asked me, to justify, not necessarily ask me to justify, but ask me to think about it, which was the first uh, Luke 1 and 1. And, you know, I always thought, you know, I, I guess like most people, that, you know, all the New Testament writings were from, or at least Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were from disciples of Jesus that was walking around. They were walking around recording all the things that were going on. So, I mean, I just assumed that they were the disciples, but when I read that first verse, it was, okay, well, Luke was writing something that was third, fourth, fifth, sixth hand. He did not, you know, first of all, you know, somebody just gave that name Luke, okay, when I did further research. It's not even that that person, it's no proof that person even existed. Um, and he was writing something at fifth hand, sixth hand, writing this, writing down oral 
the traditions and stories maybe, which, uh, uh, and so I had to think about that. And once I really thought about that, that just was the foundational crack in the me believing in the New Testament. And then after that, I just questioned things after that, and uh, nothing could stand to any kind of, um, you know, I couldn't stand on the Old Testament because the same thing happened. It's just stories with no foundation. It's like, um, you know, it's a fantasy. It's like Camelot, you know, King Arthur and these fantastical stories like in the Book of Mormon and, you know, these names. These it's So it, it that was the first thing. So I say all that to say that that is the way to, I think, for a person to identify if they're brainwashed or not. And it's something that happens just, just like, once you question, once you honestly question and critically think about what your beliefs are, the foundation of your beliefs, if they cannot, if you can honestly say that, you know what, I just don't believe it. It just does not make sense, and I, I refuse to continue to believe it. I just think that's when the spell is broken. I, I agree. I think for a lot of people, um, the option of not believing is not. Um, uh, something that they even consider. I would I would give the analogy of you know how like you take a a test on a scantron um, sheet. Um, sometimes they have A B C D, but it's right. like a lot of people scantron doesn't have E, none of the above or all of the above. That is okay. to say, none of it. They don't have that option E. It's kind of like going to school. Um, and I think it kind of does happen in real life. You know, a lot of times, you know, my daughter is 14. She's she's learning about social studies. They'll teach them about um, capitalism or communism, but they don't really go into socialism and some of these other alternative right. <clears throat> ways that people might govern themselves. Um, another example would be <clears throat> in the United States, we learn about the, the what's it called, the... <clears throat> the royal system of measuring, but most of the world uses the metric system. Um, we right. know as an alternate way of, of measuring that most of the world uses, but we don't use it, and we don't, you know. So <clears throat> those options are not given to the believers as possible, and that is why um, it's so weird for them to meet an atheist and to say, like, what? I mean, like, you don't believe in nothing? It, I mean, the right. looks that they give you, so classical, and I get it from. Um, it doesn't matter where the person the, their their background is from. It's the same thing. They ask the same question. It's because that that notion is really foreign to them. Right. That's so true. Yeah, and you know, I think in this day and time, I, one 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 good thing is that you know the the young people have access to. Uh, information that a lot of people, I could say in my age, I had to dig to find, but I mean, you could get answers right on your phone now and you can just tell somebody, hold on for a few seconds and you can get the answers to questions if you just type the questions in your in your search uh, right on your phone. So I, I think that religion is really taking, and, and just the belief systems are just taking a major hit because of the availability of information. Um, you know, just yeah, like you said, the story. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry to disturb you. That is true. Yeah. However, um, one I think has to have that natural disposition to use that tool. That is to say, pastor is talking, pastor is making mistakes. 
um, and once, let's say you fact check that, you know, that Joe, let's say whatever, he makes a mistake or she makes a mistake, then are you going to tell the pastor that he or she is wrong? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Right. Well, I don't think that's going to, I mean, it does happen in some cases, I think, where, you know, people challenge. When they, Of course, when they find out the pastor doesn't know what he's talking about um, and they're just there for entertainment, but um, I think that some people start to make the break away. They start to, you know, because if you confront the, if you confront uh, a pastor um, or teacher or believer, or whatever, they don't have good answers. I mean, the best answers, you know, the best debaters that they have out there have they, they they're horrible. I mean, they have no, they have the same answers. I don't care if it's William Lane Craig or. Um, Whoever, the answers are all weak. The best of the best cannot um, defend those beliefs. You know, they can't defend the, the Bible. They can't. Because, I mean, there's no answer to that. You know, the, the scenario that you put, you know, the story of Job, what is the lesson to be learned? The lesson to be learned is that it's a cruel, uh, cruel entity that has the ability to, at the snap of his fingers, to make people believe. But yet, he'd rather play a game and torture you and, and wipe your family out, wipe your wealth out, torture you to the, to the point of, of, of one inch to death just to play a game. Like, what is, defense, what is the defense of that? To win a bet, basically. Exactly. And um, what, if, what if Job does not want to participate? Is it within the purview of the human being not to take part in such a terrible thing. Right. Yeah, well, that, that's not even considered. And it's crazy. It's not considered. But like like you said, like you prefaced the uh, story, it, you know, it's a story to prove some kind of point, you know, but I wouldn't want to be on the on opposite end of trying to explain that or to defend, defend that story. I mean, it's no way. I, mean, I You know, I couldn't I, – I couldn't – uh, even attempt to to try to teach uh, a child that story because I couldn't, you know, you know that doesn't even withstand. A, a, a child would say, "I'm a, a grandson. It's uh, one of my grandsons, seven years old, and he's one of the ones that like kind of thinks a step extra. So like, if he saw a sign that says, "Come to church so you can make it in heaven," he'll say, "Well, man, I'm not going to that church because you know." You know, he realized, okay, well, should I have to die first and then go to heaven? So I'm not even going right. to head church. So I couldn't probably, I couldn't explain that to him without him saying, like, that's messed up. You mean he killed, he wiped his family out to prove a point? Nah, I don't think I want to believe in that, you know. So if it can't withstand uh, the question of a child, there's no way the wrong person should be trying to explain that or even believe in it. Mm, uh-uh. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> William Mink, Lane Crabb, um, and other people have made a career out of it. Um, I, I don't, you know, this is me just asking because I'm not quite sure. I mean, I've read the Quran, but as far as I know, Job does not play a part in in Islamic uh, mythology, correct? I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. Uh, I almost think I've even read anything from the Quran ever. <laughs> I may have seen some uh, some wording somewhere, but 
um, you know, it just for me like it's just if it if it starts out with anything based on the Bible, which you know, of course, uh, Ishmael or the son of uh, Isaac is you know what the foundation of that book. You know, that's the connection from the Bible. Uh, I'm done. You know what I mean? Anything based on on those books is just it's mythology and that. I felt like, you know what, I was brainwashed in this other book, and it makes no sense, so I'm not going to waste any more of my life <laughs> trying to understand this other book here, you know? Right. Well, um, I appreciate your insight, man. It's always good to hear from you. Um, yeah, you've you done too. about an hour now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. But um, my next show is, <clears throat> just to give you a heads up, exclusive heads up, is going to be uh, about the Tower of Babel. Which is another story okay. that it's not as bad, but it's, it's I think it's full of issues, and I'm gonna um, put it out there so that people can and um, put their insight. But um, I want you to stay warm, man, um, and uh, just enjoy everything, man. Keep being the good man that you are, and uh, call back another time. Well, too nice talking to you, Reggie. Hi, right, bro. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Uh, so that was uh, Mr. Henderson who was uh, giving me uh, some love and some insight. Love talking to the brother. I actually interviewed him. If you want to check out one of my old shows, um, one of my alarms is going off, which just means that it's time to wrap it up. No big deal. Um, this is the Haitian Free Thinkers show, man, from uh, my studios, my private studios here. Um, yeah, so it's been another wonderful show. Guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, and the Haitian Free Thinkers rate uh, the Haitian Free Thinkers Facebook group, <clears throat> also in the Haitian Bloggers group. Um, thank you for rocking with me. I'm gonna wrap wrap this show uh, now. The next show should be about the Tower of Babel, like I was telling um, uh, Shelton. So uh, I'll see you next Monday around 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. And uh, yeah, so let's do it like that. Have a good day and enjoy. Your winter, well, winter is coming, all right? So holla at your boy. Peace.